0: Good morning, beloved. I'm one of the pastors here, Pastor Jonathan Coleman. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. I know some folks are out of town here at a holiday. So I want to ask you a question. I know everyone wants to have a meaningful Advent and Christmas. So what brings meaning to your season? Do you crank up Bing Crosby or the Ray Conniff Singers or Mitch Miller? I do that anyway. Or does meaning come tomorrow when you're clicking on Amazon on Cyber Monday, spending, buying gifts? Does meaning come with those long-held traditions? Oyster dressing, like I like to make. I know that sounds nasty, but it's really, really good. Or maybe these old traditions have lost their umph. Do a lot of preparations for our winter wonderlands with shiny packages, cookies, decorations, lights, carols, cards. But what are we doing in the interior, spiritually, to prepare our heart, mind, and soul for this day that's coming? To receive God's truth on this journey. What about you? Do you really wrestle making Christmas meaningful? I think here at Anderson Hills, as we've been planning... For this journey, we're on a mission to redeem Christmas. We want to help you do that through this Advent series titled, A Savior is Born. And we want to completely understand the good news, those tidings of great joy that were proclaimed, and why God sent his only son for our salvation. Think about that word, salvation. We use that word a lot in church. Do we know the depth? Of the meaning of what that word means. I think when we start to understand that word, there's a rich fullness that can come out for our Advent journey and at the cradle as we come alongside our Lord and see what God has done. Advent, it is a preparation for Christ's coming. And one of the Bible characters most associated with the first Sunday of Advent is John the Baptist. And we find him in our reading today in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. We find John's mission is to prepare people for Jesus' coming. And so hear the word of God. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in the Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way. A voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And as so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching of a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to them. And confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me. Comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so the Mark's Gospel says that this is how the good news started. And you can't get from a meaningful Christmas without first hearing this urgent message from John. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And here's this strange man out in the middle of the wilderness with strange apparel. Eating a strange diet. Locusts and honey. That sounds grosser than raw oysters or cooked oysters. And he's telling us this radical message. The Bible says that we need to hear this man because he's the starting gun for the advent journey and before that gun sounds John gives some serious instructions that we need to check ourselves our heart mind and soul before we begin to walk to a meaningful Christmas and his message is made up of preparing everything for the way of the Lord in our lives questions like are we fully God's do we really want life change Do we really want our sins forgiven? Are we beating our breasts on December 1st saying, God, I am, I am in the wrong and I need to come back to you. Come, fill my life. And so, I really want you to join me and join Jesus and God's truths and rhythms on this straight path. And so all these people, they line up and they hear this crazy preacher And it says the whole countryside and Jerusalem went out to see him, and it wasn't because of his funky clothes or diet, it was because of his message. And it was good news. And so today, we begin with that good news. What is good news? The good news of the gospel is the news of God's kingdom breaking into our world, and that through his birth, through his ministry, his death and resurrection that Jesus was proof of this good news that can enter into our lives and when John was thrown into prison by Herod and was beginning to have some doubts about who this Jesus was doing he sent his followers to ask are you the one or should we expect someone else Jesus replied you go tell John what you hear and see the blind receive sight the lame walk Those who have leprosy are cleansed, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. And what Jesus is saying, I am the one. And it's evidenced by my miracles and my actions, and it's happening from me. And the good news about what Jesus is doing is through his name. And the name of Jesus in the Greek is equivalent to the Hebrew for Joshua, which means Yahweh saves. Yahweh is that Hebrew word of God, so the good news that Jesus came to save us. And it was the proclamation of the angels. Hear this good news, for unto you is born a Savior. Now some of us think that saves, saving just means our sins are forgiven, or we get our get out of hell card free and we put it in our wallet there. Or the one way ticket to heaven, and we just leave it right there and we don't do anything with it. The Greek word for save is sozo, S O Z O, sozo, it's Greek. It carries with it a meaning of deliverance from sin and judgment. And this is the meaning of Matthew 1 when Joseph has found out that Mary is with child and he knows that he's not the father of that child. And he plans to break off that engagement, and he has a dream in the night, and an angel appears to Joseph, and says, "What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus, which means the Lord saves, because he will save his people from their sins. And so he will so so people from their sins." And so the meaningful Advent journey includes being mindful of that fact that his action, his work, his mission is Sotzo. And sozo is used to speak of being delivered from a bad situation. And there's a lot of details through this word. And so when circumstances become unbearable for us, God desires to provide sozo. In Matthew 8, Jesus and his disciples, they're... they're uh, sailing across the Sea of Galilee, and this pop-up storm comes rocking in. Jesus is asleep, and Peter, James, and John are like, Lord, wake up, save us. And they use that word so-so. Save us. And so so so-so is those situations where we know we need saving or delivered from that. And he does. He calms the storm. He saves them from harm and drowning like you're beginning to experience that type of drowning right now so after the storms they arrive and we see another example of, of so-so they encounter a man who's demon-possessed and he's run around crazy and naked in the tombs and no one has been able to help him for years and he sees Jesus and he runs to him and falls down shouting What do you want to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high? And Jesus asks him his name, and he says, my name is Legion. Many demons had gone into him, and Jesus commands the demons to leave that poor man, and they do, and the man is instantly healed. And townspeople hear what's going on, and they come and they find this man that they knew was crazy, and demon possessed, and now he's in his right mind. And they have that conversation with Jesus and says, those who've seen it told people how the the demon-possessed man had been cured. He was so so cured, delivered from that evil. very next chapter, there's a woman who has a bleeding issue for 12 years, and she figures that if she could just touch the hem of Jesus' cloak, that she'll be healed. And she does, and Jesus turns to her, and says, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you be healed. And he says, your faith has so sowed you. And so this word carries meaning of healing, of being delivered from many, many things. And so the good news is, is that God in Christ Jesus is not just rescuing our souls. He's rescuing us from danger, from affliction, from disease, and delivering us from evil. Jesus is in the process of restoring us. It's not some one-time thing. Uh, Saving is a process. He's restoring broken relationships. And take hold of this in your brain as we move through this journey. Broken spirits, our broken bodies, our estrangement from God, our estrangement from one another. Even those closest to us at times, and it begins at the moment of our salvation, and it reaches into the end until we take our last breath and we're perfected in heaven. And so it's imperative that we get this right now on December 1st as we begin to walk the journey of Advent. And we have to seek to understand so that this can become a witness of our good news when the world and culture, they just don't get it. We can't keep this good news to ourselves. Good news is for sharing. The angel, when he shared it with the shepherds, he said, do not be afraid. I bring you tidings of great joy, great news that will be for all people. And look around. It's for all. It's for all of us. When I was a kid, <laughs> I had a hard time keeping good news secret. They'd say, Jonathan, don't tell anyone that Trish and Josh just got engaged. But I'd get so excited and Don't tell anyone Jenny's pregnant. And nine times out of ten, I was that toe-headed kid that joyfully barfed it out and ruined the secret for all to hear. And so, it's not a secret, this good news. I think God's looking for angels, human angels, to share this good news. It's not a secret. It's tidings of great joy proclaimed to all People, and so this is part of good news. I want to uh, share four ways that we can do this. First of all, is sharing good news, sharing your faith. You know, when you're when you eat at a good restaurant or a coffee shop, or maybe you've experienced something that's just tremendous, and you want to share that good news. And so the Holy Spirit desires to utilize us as conduit to have a positive impact on the lives of those around us. And maybe to hear how you prep for Christmas and how your faith is prepping for Christmas on this Advent journey. How can we make a real difference? A few weeks ago, I was asked to speak at a funeral of a guy named Herb Connor. He was a member at Clough United Methodist Church over here on Clough and Wolf and it was about a decade ago that I was his pastor, and I couldn't speak at Herb's funeral. I was asked, but I wrote this about Herb, and the pastor there read it during his funeral. I said, I first met Herb in 1997. He was a member of the Mount Orb Wesleyan Church, and I was a student pastor at Union Plains United Methodist Church, Greenbush, Ohio, and his pastor, Pastor Rhett Les, He was a fellow Hoosier, like me. And I became friends, and we truly wanted to help people understand how much God loved them. And so my lay leader, Ed Kearley, and I met with Herb and Les at the Wesleyan Church on a Saturday morning. We prayed, and Herb came up with an idea of going from door to door in this new apartment building in Mount Orb. And so we went two by two, and I went with Herb, and Les went with Ed Kearley. We kind of mixed members of churches there with the pastors. I remember I was so nervous And, of course, Herb wasn't. This guy, he didn't care what people thought. And he said, let's just go door to door and share God's love. And so we got into the building, and we knocked on the first door, starting on the first level. And this young woman, a single mom, answered the door. And Herb and I just sat down and said, We just want to share God's love with you. And Herb continued, and he goes, and he said this. He said, are you interested in hearing why? And this young lady just sat there like with her eyes wide open. But then you knew that she was having difficulties, and she began to become emotional. And Herb and I listened, and then he began to share how our churches want to help her in any way. He said, Jesus, Jonathan, and I love you, and we are here for you. And after he was done, it just blew my mind. And this ministry went over a couple weeks. Little did I know as I was traveling back from Asbury Seminary, back and forth, that Herb was hooked on showing God's love. And he was going to every apartment in that apartment building. Every day, going door to door. Needless to say, that small little Wesley church just down from the high school by the Ford dealer, it started exploding with growth. And I'm like, Ed Kearley, man, why aren't you doing that? Herb loved Jesus, and he just, he just oozed it, man. And he loved telling them. We to share that kind of love. Man, I totally love Jesus. I see his ministry like this. That's just rescuing lives and so-soing everywhere, salvation. And Christians are people who are in love with Jesus, who are in love with some, something that they shouldn't, Keep to themselves. You have to glow in that. You know, we don't want people to be ignorant of God, especially in this time when we journey toward this celebration that's coming up. When you love people, you care enough to share God's love with you and their value of knowing Christ. And you share also how God so you Secondly, good news are for people to be set free for generosity. We've been convinced by our culture that life is about taking, accumulating stuff, gaining advantages over other people, climbing ladders. And the idea of of being generous, thinking about others first, seems really, really distant from us in our culture. And the meaningful rhythm of Advent is being generous with our friendships. It doesn't have to be a huge project. Who do you know? that you can be generous with, with your life. If you know anyone, we can help connect you with people where we're doing ministries and places like assisted living centers. You can be generous with your time. On December 13th, we have our annual Christmas outreach, and most of the tags are gone, but we need people to continue to shop and to sort to, so that those needs of those people can be taken care of. And you can also be generous with your money. I was blown away. Last year, my first Christmas here, and hearing about the Zambia Water Wells projects in the collection for Christmas Eve. Listen to this: we have given 850,000 dollars since 2008. We've sent two teams over the year, over there. And this year, Rob and Sarah Krieger went representing our church. And we can do that again together. And there's fresh water, I believe, coming out of what? 90 wells there people have. Fresh water to drink. That's a great little prompt there, but I choked myself. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so anyway, so maybe in our community it's the scouts or school PTO or a shelter or a food pantry. And our staff can help connect you to various ministries. Oh my gosh. <coughs> the irony there is so thick. Um, Let me take another drink here. Yeah, right on, brother. Right on, brother. The next thing is justice. Good news, people are set free to care about justice and mercy. And as followers of Jesus who took on justice of God and showed justice of God and very passionate about working for that justice. And think about the Christians who have shaped the lives of others. Think about William Wilberforce and John Woolman and their lives business was to stop the slave trade. Martin Luther King, Jr., justice, peaceful protests that ended racial segregation in the United States. Mother Teresa spent her life ministering to the poor, the sick, the dying, and the orphan in Calcutta. Our founder, John Wesley, said this, one great reason why the rich in general have so little sympathy for the poor is because they, they seldom visit them. Hence it is that one part of the world that does not know what the other suffers. And many of them do not know because they don't care to know. They keep out of the way of knowing it. And they plead their voluntary ignorance as an excuse for their hard-heartedness. Justice can soften our hearts. It's in our DNA to practice justice. Luke said, in, uh, Jesus said in Luke 4, as he began his ministry, he came to proclaim the good news to the poor... To free the prisoners, to recover sight of the blind, and to set the oppressed free, and God is a God of justice, and in all His ways He is that righteous Judge. And this Judge says this in Matthew 26. He says, "For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you visited me. You invited me in. I I needed clothes, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison." And you come and visited me, came and visited me. And and they say, Lord, when did we do this for you? And and the kings replied, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. And so as God's children, as we journey with this good news to the path of Christmas, he wants us to be just and act justly. Prophet Micah summed it up. He said, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly before your God. So also a part of the good news is setting, is giving people to be set free through affirmation. And once you find wholeness and understanding that you are loved by God, you can affirm more in a greater way. We need people to affirm and encourage people because there's people out there that are they are in despair, man. We have this affirmation that we can give them. There's a conference leader that calls me And checks in on the Fresh Expression ministry. And it can be tough to keep up with, you know, outside the churches, I lead these things. And when I see his name pop up on my cell phone, and I answer it quickly, and I always hear words of encouragement and affirmation. And the things he says to me make me feel like a million bucks. He says, you're crushing it, man. You're a connector. You're keeping... The magnificent kingdom work going, brother. You're multiplying others. You're creating leader. And I love to hear those words in the midst of my frustration. And I'll tell you, I get depressed at times. I want to see God work. And he's God's messenger of affirmation. He's a part of God's so-so and delivering me from that. Think about how much better our marriages, our jobs, our friendships would be if we affirmed others. So, to sum all this up, I I know, I don't know if you know this, I'm a huge fan of the Christmas Carol. Every year, I I I read or I watch a Christmas Carol by Dickens. I think the reason why I do this is because I I love to see that radical change and transformation. I love to see the change in Scrooge, you know. (laughs) Scrooge wakes up that Christmas morning. He's been visited by all three ghosts in that night. And you see this miser turn into everything that I mentioned above. And I love the ending as it reads this. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good as master, as good as man, as the old city knew or any other good old city town and good old world knew. Some people laughed to see his alteration in him, but he let them laugh. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge, may they be truly said of us and all of us. And so as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. <laughs> and I'd love to see that. What if we started <laughs> the way Scrooge you know, finished? and we entered into Christmas, skiing right into that, you know? We don't have to stay the same. We don't. Transformation can take place, and -and so-and-so is the way and will of God for our lives. That's why Jesus came. And there's this Advent hymn. That's titled Come Thou Long Expected Jesus by Charles Wesley. Born to set thy people free from our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Jesus has come to set us free. There's so much more to the gospel than we can dream and imagine, there's so much more to so-so. And to believe that good news and turn our lives over to Christ, he begins that process of restoring our lives, healing our relationships, setting us free from the things that hold us back and keep us down. And as we prepare our hearts for this Advent, we need to begin to make room to receive his fullness. And he's provided a way of remembrance at this table. The salvation of God, the so-so, is here. And we experience every, every first Sunday of the month.